Larry Davis is that time of year again. Hello, George Brunel, that time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Start this off really good with some really good singing while I'm stuffed up and my throat's dry. It's all mess, <laughs> just like the Golden Grimmies. Yeah, you know, this uh, This is the prelude to the Golden Gizmos, our end-of-year uh, game-of-the-year event uh, that we do every year in some form. It's been wildly inconsistent. Well, we didn't do it last year. Uh, but, That's yes. Um, Again, wildly inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, celebrating like, excellence in video games by using the most excellent movie character, Gizmo. Yeah. Uh, and his dark counterpart for the actual awards dark counterpart, uh, which we'll get into in a bit. But yeah, no, I, I wanted to say I think it's kind of funny how we, we first we did these as write-ups on a website, which we are actually going back to this year. So there will be a link uh, attached to this podcast where you can read our write-ups for the Golden Grimmies and the Golden Gizmos. Right. Uh, It'll, have... They'll be going up as one batch, though, after yeah. we do the Golden Gizmos podcast. Okay. Uh, we, we did this as a video podcast on our now pretty much defunct uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and then one year we just plain didn't do it. That was very exper- experimental year for us. Right. And uh, now, because we're just podcast men at this point, it's in just a regular podcast. And hopefully we won't have to change it up again. Like, I don't know, 2020, it's done through interpretive dance. That might be fun. Yeah. We just sign it, like, on a street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. It's so, like stomp. Um, but yeah, the golden the golden Grimmies are where we are celebrating the the worst of the worst uh, for the year, and 2019 has been an especially terrible one. Uh, so we have yeah. a lot to actually kind of dig into on this episode. Hey, before that, quick aside: Did you see the trailer for the new Ghostbusters? No, I forgot to ask you because I kind of wanted you to see it before we started this because talking about the worst things of the year, um, that's a... Should we we pause this, take a quick break, and then I could watch that? And then we could briefly talk about Ghostbusters? Sure, sure. Okay. Go ahead. Go look up Ghostbusters Afterlife. In like a couple seconds, I might be a changed man. Who knows? Possible. I can't wait for when they finally put out the trailer to Gremlins 3 and it has like really dull, inspirational, and like moody music and no jokes. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because my main takeaway was that it's a great sign when a Ghostbusters trailer has zero jokes in it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want out of a Ghostbusters movie is no jokes. Absolutely. It just, they get in the way. Also, a severe misunderstanding of a seminal scene in the movie because they use Peter's, um, call it fate, call it luck speech as though it's like sincere and not just a way to get money out of Ray. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. God. But Hey, it's got Slimer. It's got the terror dogs because you gotta have those because otherwise there's no way you would know it's Ghostbusters. Oh no, sure, just do the Force Awakens thing where hey, all these things that you love, they're back. The Force Awakens, good. 
Yeah, that wasn't I. It came out of my mouth, and then I realized it wasn't the best comparison because, like, the Force Awakens actually leverages that stuff fairly well, whereas this is like, hey, we got those things, but also super evident that like none of the tone in the spirit of the original was even there, which is the thing that matters the most. No, it's like they got the Stranger Things kid, and so they just yeah. made it Stranger Things. Remember when the Stranger Things kids they dressed up like Ghostbusters? What if that were just a movie? What if that were the thing? I also like how it. Oh god! There's a bit where Paul Rudd's like, nobody's seen a ghost in thirty years. Like thirty years isn't that long, though, is yeah. the thing. And there was a giant marshmallow wandering through New York City. It's not like everybody would have just forgotten about that. Sure. Like, actually kind of to draw it back to Star Wars 2, that's the thing that did bug me about The Force Awakens, is how everyone is just like, did Luke Skywalker even exist? And it's like, it didn't take place, like, that long ago. The well, Empire being torn down is kind of a big deal. Like, that, yeah, he that, existed. That I can kind of shit, though, because, like, he wasn't a public figure, you know? Like, he was off <sighs> training in a swamp for a while, and then he went and <laughs> sure. fought... Vader, uh, he was just some schmuck from Tatooine, and also his family was dead, so... I don't know, I'm just already really exhausted by, let's do sequels to these movies that were like, they were good, we didn't need to do anything else with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully when we get a Gremlins 3, because it seems like a foregone conclusion that we will, it will Joe Dante will be involved, and Joe Dante knows exactly what he wants out of a gremlins movie i feel like given the way gremlins 2 went uh joe dante would do all of the things that these other movies are doing but as a joke yeah that'd be really good though like, it'd be like, <laughs> i know i'm saying like it'd be like hey look stripes back mohawks back the canadian restaurant from gremlins 2 is back <laughs> all the favorites are here We've got uh, Grandpa, uh, what was his, Grandpa Joe or something? Oh god, what was, um, what was Billy's girlfriend's name? Like, the trailer uh... would just have her, like, recounting the Santa Claus story in the trailer, but it would <laughs> sure. seem very sincere. Sure. Uh, what is her name, Phoebe Cates? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, like, that's my promise, I always just think of her as Phoebe Cates. Yeah. I don't know why I can never commit her character's name to memory. Also, she's retired from movies, basically. Yeah. Uh, like uh, a while back. She married uh, Kevin, Kevin Klein and uh, doing fine, so, you know. Yeah. If we could all be so lucky. Oh, to marry Kevin Klein? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Star of a fish called Wanda? Yeah. Got that fish called Wanda money. Exactly. <laughs> that fierce creature's money. The sequel nobody <laughs> remembers. Uh, yeah, we live on Creature Street. Mm -hmm. this, this house uh, bought with Creature's cash. So, we need to pull this whole thing back to what it's about. Okay. We got all the, the, the side stuff out at the start. Uh, we got our yayas out. Yeah, get 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 out all the yayas. Um, so, we're going to kind of do these two episodes a little bit differently, and I'll like, with, with the Golden Gremlin with the Golden Gizmos, Rather, uh, th that's more of a subjective thing where we are each going to have our own takeaway for what is the best in each category. For the Golden Grimmies, this needs to be decided. We need to have clear, agreed-upon winners. So this is going to be more of a discussion between the two of us trying to find a middle ground. On Okay, that's new to me. 
Uh, I was not aware that's how this would work, but okay. That's how we're going to do this. Uh, I have a feeling, though, at least in regards to two or three of these categories, we might already be there. There are only four categories. There are only, yes. Well, no. That's the other thing. Surprise categories are in this Golden Grimmies. I've added a couple of extra Grimmie categories that I'm going to hit you with. I was hoping we'd be Uh, out of this pretty quick, but okay. Oh, they'll they'll be really fast. They're they're not major categories. Lightning round. Uh, Pretty much. Uh, So we're going to start off with uh, worst developer of the year. All right. Because this is the one where I I had expressed to you that I was not quite sure who the worst developer of the year was. I came to my own conclusion, but I have a feeling that your answer is probably going to be better than mine. Okay. My number... Here's my top three. Top three worst developers. Number three, Game Freak. Number two, Elinx. Which we'll come back to later in a different category, because nobody knows who that is. Number one, From Software. From Software refused to learn. After years of releasing the same game over and over, here comes Sekiro with the same problems they've been having since Demon Souls. Sorry, FromSoft, but if I'm playing this game on an Xbox One X, it shouldn't run and look like garbage. You can pick one of the two. When the creators of the Souls genre managed to crap out a game worse than the imitators, Neo, The Surge, there's a problem. That, yeah, yeah, no, I, so I did not actually make a top three because I struggled a lot on worst developer. Uh, so my, my one and only pick is Game Freak. Okay. I mean, <laughs> uh, the thing is, a lot of those complaints can also be applied to Game Freak. Yeah, like, your arguments are definitely applicable to them as well, but also, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, we'll, we'll talk about each of them, but, uh, to, to kind of go into what I, my reasoning, uh, this has not been a banner year for Game Freak. Uh, the company responsible for Pokemon and uh, Pulse Man, uh, dr- Drill Dozer, Drill do- yes, the Drill Dozer company, Harmonite. That's yeah. a good game. Uh, game Freak burned a lot of goodwill this year with the release of Pokemon Sword and Shield, with its most vocal critics going absolutely apeshit over the removal of the national decks. Obstensibly, this was to focus on creating new models for a trimmer list of Pokemon, but wouldn't you know it, they just used a bunch of models from Sun and Moon, slapped on some new textures, and called it a day. Very cool. Uh, Personally, I don't care. Pokemon has leaned on the same tired battle system since Red and Blue. I'm 32 years old, and I am bored to shit of these little bastards, but it's not hard to imagine how important the first true console Pokemon is to some people. Incidentally, it's not hard to imagine why Game Freak was so resistant on making one. The reduction to the national decks is far from the only issue with the game, besides not uh, besides not being the mechanical revolution the series needed to be, it suffers from other odd technical issues, uh, most notably pop-in that occurs a good 15 feet from the player character, and some textures that are so muddy they look like they were sampled from a Nintendo 64 game. The overall fidelity is lacking when compared to very early Switch Game Freak bundled the first console Pokemon, and that is just embarrassing. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of it. 
Yeah, but that's the thing. Also, from software, <laughs> kind of maybe leaning on the same shit. Like, I, I guess I, I had the benefit of not having sat down and played Sekiro because I saw what your reactions to it were, and I kind of got what that game was just from, you know, seeing gameplay and hearing other people talk about it and realized it just was not for me. Yeah. It... <sighs> Boy. I haven't been a fan of many of FromSoft's recent games, but Sekiro is the worst by a country mile. Yeah, I can I can get that. Like I what what was like some of the issues with the boss fights? Wasn't it that they all had like these fake out things where you'd kill them and then they oh, were just yeah. like, Oh, they're up again. Yep. Every single one well almost. There may be like two or three bosses in the whole game that don't have a, a second health bar fake out. It's yeah. really annoying. Yeah, I, I mean, so that's my thing is why From Software didn't like pop into my head when considering this uh, is that I guess I had like no investment in Sekiro, like I wasn't very hyped up for it. Uh, whereas with like Pokemon, I also was pretty decided on I'm not going to play that game, but like I still like Pokemon enough. It's much easier for me to understand why that would be disappointing. Yeah, well, with Sekiro, I wasn't really hyped for it. Um, specifically, I didn't have super high expectations because of FromSoft's recent output, and so yeah. I it was more like, well, maybe this is the one where they'll turn it around and they're trying something different. You and, keep uh, thinking that. Uh, yeah. Like that's, I don't like I I've kind of fallen into a different. Uh... I have a different opinion of from software games than you do where where I actually tend to like most of the Souls games. Um not as much I think as like most people do, but I'm definitely a lot more positive on them than you are. Uh I just want bring back Chrome Hounds, bring back Otogi, bring back Armored oh, sure. Core, any of those. Yeah, like do I, I don't something. disagree with that. Yeah, do do anything other than the Soul shit like break out of that mold kind of go back to these other properties that you have like i would really really like a new armored core more than anything they keep saying they're working on that but they have nothing to show for it yeah although on a, maybe next tgs in like what three quarters of a year they might have a little bit to show that uh, isn't tgs pretty early in the year is that like february or march no i thought tgs well i don't know it doesn't matter. I thought TGS is more towards like June or August. That's like around there. That's E3. That's Gamescom, though, that I'm thinking. Well, also E3. That's a, there's a convention that follows E3, not more than like a month or two behind. Yeah. But I that's can't remember Gamescom, if that's Gamescom or. Okay. I'm thinking Gamescom. Sure. Maybe TGS is earlier than you. I don't really know. But. Yeah. Now, I. Uh, I guess that's that's sort of my thing is I don't think expectations were even quite as high for Sekiro as they were necessarily for Pokemon, which is probably why I would maybe they are the worst of the two of those. Uh-huh. Like I think with Pokemon, like the promise of a console Pokemon has been like a thing for a very long time now. That has been something that people have wanted very badly for a long time now. And they finally got it and it's just so dismal. Uh, uh, TGS and... generally is held in September, so yeah, you were right. I don't know okay. what it is that's like early in the year that I'm thinking of. Then there's something I I'm also PAX. 
maybe there are like three Paxes. Either, yeah, there's so many. It could easily be one of the Paxes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, GDC. Oh, no, Who knows? I don't know. There's so many conventions. There are, and none I of them matter. No, they've ceased having like any relevancy apart from one another. Like TGS, I think, is actually the one that is maybe the most unique because it is very much like what's going on with the Japanese side of the industry. Sure, so, like, TGS I, I get the merit get of my, that one. That's where I get my Yakuza news. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Yakuza show. At um, this point, basically. But yeah, but yeah no, with like Pokemon too, I think I'm also just more frustrated with them not changing that formula this deep in like i i understand that from demon souls to sekiro there are issues that are still very consistent that should not reasonably be there pokemon red and blue has basically had like that battle system is a fucking through line and it is so boring it oh, is yeah. such a bland baby's first rpg battle system and you know what that was completely fine when i was a baby yeah, it was fine when it was a RPG on the Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, there, there's still, like, kids' games, which I guess is the excuse for that still remaining the way it has, but... Don't, but I don't tell know, that like, to I, I... the many throngs of people who still love these games for some reason. Competitive competitive reasons. People were <laughs> into, like, competitive Pokemon, and they measure EVs and IVs. Those fucking freaks who are like that is that is equivocal to me like the 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 people who treat smash brothers like a serious fighting game are the same fucking people who think that pokemon is like a strong competitive rpg i mean it's probably the same people like those are the target audience for nintendo force who only play things on nintendo consoles and have no idea what's happening anywhere else yeah, that's the overlap. Those are the same pool of people, and I am... Ah, I hate it. It's like it's the type of people who to... keep uh, trying to catch the same Pokemon over and over because they want the right nature for it, as if that matters in any real way. The ones who have broken down like the actual metrics into getting like a shiny Pokemon? <laughs> right. I... Real quick, share my one shiny Pokemon story. I've I've played those games for a very long time. I only just like recently was like enough is enough. Uh, I have seen a shiny Pokemon in the wild exactly one time. It was a shiny Graveler, uh, and it self destructed on my ass, <laughs> so I did not catch him. And that's it. That's my shiny story. Also, I appreciate how the shiny version of Graveler is just brown, like that is the thing too is most of the shiny pokemon color palettes are just shitty nothing so shiny like brown yeah god i don't know i'm pretty firm that i think that maybe game freak is the worst of of those two picks i think game freaks bullshit this year might be more egregious yeah okay I guess so. Yeah. So your Larry's pick from software, my pick, Game Freak. The Destroy All Children official pick, Game Freak. Yeah. They get the golden. Because I mean, yeah, that like from software has been doing the same stuff for uh, 10, 12 years now. When did Demon Souls come like out? 
Is that like 2006? Like, mm, 2007, I want to say. I don't know. No, 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 no. It was after, it. I think it was after 08, because it was after I moved. Okay. It, yeah, it probably was like weirdly late. Like later yeah, than I you would think. Say, I want to say it was mid-console cycle, I'm looking it up. Uh, February 5th, 2009. Wow, okay. Called it. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I know uh, my Demon Souls. It's a good, good game, Demon Souls. Yes, the other ones. Let the record show this man really knows his Demon Souls. Um, but Game Freak has been at it for way longer than that, so... Yeah. Yeah, since the 90s, man. And, in fact, has been changing things up less. At least with Sekiro, they changed a little bit. Look at how long it took them to just, like, animate the Pokemon sprites. Yeah. Instead of just wiggling like, and, and then, waggling. Yeah, and and then just the, the fact that now that they are working on, like, a, an actual console-ass console, that they're just ripping the models from Sun and Moon. <laughs> Here's some new textures, but it's the same. What the fuck? Like, I, I have not sat down and really dived into, like, what the perceived development issues were on that game, but I have to believe that, like, something was very troubled there. Like, something, someone must have accidentally deleted, like, half of their work. I feel like it's just that Game Freak has no idea how to make a console game, and so they just made a handheld game and scaled it up, and then realized, that is oh no, this is not going to work. Yeah, very possible. Uh, but... Let's move on uh, away from the game freaks, uh, who absolutely just, earned their golden uh, Grammy for no, 2019. Now I'm just imagining that they are sponsored by Scott Steiner, and <laughs> their catchphrase is "genetic game freak." <laughs> oh Shout no! I'd have to... to start buying their games again if they did that. Shout out to all my genetic game freaks out there, Big Papa Pump has got your hook up. Holler if you hear that. Uh, worst publisher of all 2019. Right. I have a feeling that we're going to be pretty unanimous on this one. Uh, mm. Which? How about I kick us off on this one? All since right. Since you did it the last time. My pick, uh, again, I did, I did not do a one through three. I did not consider this for some reason. Man. So my one and only pick is Activision Blizzard. Ah. Yeah. Look, I wanted to give this to Valve so badly, but compared to Blizzard's atrocious handling of Blitzchung's Hearthstone ban, releasing a Half-Life VR game while doing pretty much Jack else doesn't quite compare. Yeah. Uh, to run through the events, professional Hearthstone player Blitzchung donned a mask during an interview and said, Liberate Hong Kong, the revolution of our times. Blizzard subsequently banned him uh, from taking part in Grandmaster tournaments for a year, revoked his $4,000 in earnings, and gave the boot to interviewers Virtual and Mr. Yi for good measure. When faced with backlash they rightfully earned, Blizzard President J. Allen Brack issued a half-assed apology and halved Blitz, Virtual, and Mr. Yi's bans to six Not only was the initial ban severe, but the six-month reduction remains a high penalty, 
uh, higher than those given to Overwatch League player Josh Crono of Philadelphia Fusion, who slanted his eyes and said, I am Korean during a stream. Apparently, standing with Hong Kong is much more problematic for Blizzard than racism. Oh, Blizzard's boy. actions earned... Huh? That's a boy. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blizzard's actions earned them no shortage of ill will. Hong Kong protesters adopted May as a mascot of their movement. Mark Kern canceled his subscri subscription to World of Warcraft, of which he was project lead. The American University team got player cams banned from the remainder of the Hearthstone Collegiate Champs Tournament by holding up a sign in support of Hong Kong. And Senators Marco Rubio and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez met across the aisle to denounce Blizzard. All of this happened in a very short span of time, beginning October 6th before most, mostly fading out of the news in early November. Shortly after BlitzCon, uh, shortly after BlizzCon, my bad, uh, but it's this hell month that earned Blizzard my pick for the worst developer of the year. Publisher. Publisher. I'm sorry. I got grossly cotton-mouthed <laughs> one paragraph into that. I noticed. And now I'm going to take a drink while okay. you tell me who your worst publisher is. So here are my top three. Uh, all of which I feel are rightly deserved. Number three. Nintendo Number 2 Activision Blizzard And number 1 Bethesda uh, What I have written here is just Bethesda decided the world needs another proprietary launcher That's enough to put them at the top of this list because well, That's much more concise than the <laughs> things that I wrote about Blizzard <laughs> I got... I bought Wolfenstein Youngblood from Green Man Gaming and was like, all right, here I go. Why is Steam not taking this code? And then I went and looked and saw it was for the Bethesda launcher. So I had to go and install that and make a Bethesda account, except I think I already had one from something. I don't know. And uh, so then anytime I wanted to play it, I had to load up that thing for one game. But don't worry, soon it'll be for two games because Doom Eternal will be on it, too. Because this is the world we live in now, and honestly, at this point, I'm considering just pirating Doom Eternal when it comes out. Oh, damn. Because I don't want to deal with the Bethesda launcher. Look, uh, id Software set up a tip thing on your website so I can give you money. I actually am considering getting Doom Eternal on a console rather than PC specifically because I don't want to have to deal with That also might work, yeah. So, like, I get it. Like, I've complained. It, it has taken me a remarkable amount of time just to cave in and make an Epic Store account. And then I recently had to go through all this bullshit with getting, like, uh, Xbox's app set up on my computer so I could play Master Chief Collection. Uh, because, hey, guess what? If, if you want to play that game on Steam, still got to sign in through Xbox and everything. So, like, you still need the console companion app and all that shit. So At least with those, though, like, there are a lot of games on them. It's not like here where it's just like sure. you want to play Bethesda games, use our launcher. Like it's basically like Origin was, although Origin also hey, has more. But if I'm also like, if I'm saying which is the worst uh, publisher based on like launchers that they've put out, my my pick would go with my, it would be Microsoft. Like I know that you've not had that experience that I've had with it where. I downloaded this thing and then like I tried to sign in and it just grazed the whole screen out because it turns out I need a separate launcher 
to sign in for the sign in page on the Xbox launcher to recognize my login information. And then Very I get cool. in there and I install the game and that's fine. And then I try to launch the game and it doesn't do anything. And then it turns out I have to like search for the EXE for the game itself and click that to launch the game. <laughs> so, and like that, yo, that's the thing. Like a game launcher in beta is going to have problems, I understand. But the one fucking thing that I would expect to have it like get right is launching the video game. Yeah. <sighs> Launchers. Christ. They're a mess. Yeah. And then uh, the Epic Game Store one, I decided to finally sign up uh, for that thing. I got Anno 1800. So I uh, warned you about game. this, though. I told you, you this was going to happen because the same thing you happens did. on Steam yes. or anywhere else you buy it. Still infuriating to me. Because it, it wasn't necessarily just that it has to use the other launcher. Like, I understood that. The thing that I did not quite pick up on was it would install the game to my machine twice. <laughs> okay. Because it installed Anno 1800 to my Epic uh, Game Store folder. And then when I tried to launch that, it would take me to the... Uh, it would take me to Uplay, and then Uplay was like, you got to install this game. We don't know where the files are. You should be able to... There's an option that should be like, uh, here, show me where the folder is, and you can direct it to it. It was not giving me anything. It was just straight up going, like, this game is not on your computer. I wonder if it's because it was, like, launching it from Epic instead of, like, being I in the own launcher where then you would have yeah. that option. I don't know. I think that's probably why. But so I ended up having to uninstall the game from the Epic folder because I didn't want it to take up like double the space of my computer for no good reason. So now I've just been like launching the game from Uplay and I have a Epic account that I use to buy this game that's just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Launchers are getting really aggravating to deal with and it's like the thing that is pushing me away from PC gaming. Like it's it's that and like video cards just being in, in a very strange place right now. Sure. So like I get it. Like having to go through what you went with I I get it. I understand that frustration. Look it's because of Doom Eternal. That's yeah, the casualty but, here. But is it really as bad as all this shit Blizzard did? Probably not. Because <laughs> holy fuck. Blizzard also has a history of doing stuff like this. And then everyone yeah, forgets about it true. in about two weeks. It lasted a month this time. Like, that's the thing that I specifically wanted to note was that this went from, like, October 6th, and then I think BlizzCon was, like, November 9th or something like that. Uh, so this was over and done with within about the span of a month. I, I don't really see anyone out there right now who's still, like, leaning hard into the Blizzard protest machine. No, but I mean, they also haven't been doing anything. I guess yeah, there's like I... Diablo 4 is coming out here. Take a look at this trailer. Trailer looks exactly like Diablo 3. Ah, that's great, right? Check it out. It's dark. Y'all like dark. You like bloody. It's. You've got the power of Satan back in it. And. I, uh, I don't, okay. 
Yeah. Uh, so to kind of give you an idea, though, of the difference between uh, Kronoa's uh, ban for the whole, like, slanting his eyes and yelling, I'm Korean thing, versus what Blitzchung did. Uh, Blitzchung, like I said, $4,000 fined and banned for a year, then reduced to six months. Corona was banned uh, from streaming until June 17th. This article was published in early April. So about months. three months ban, and he was only fined $2,000. That's actually still more than I expected, honestly. Sure, but like those two things, not equivocal in terms of the actual offense, but no. the, the severity between those two things is ridiculous. Well, the difference uh, is they... that Blizzard is not getting huge amounts of Korea money. Yeah, they're not. Well, because then they're tied to like Tencent, which is like a huge uh, tech company uh, mm -hmm. in China. Uh, Tencent so, like, will I, soon I understand... own everything. It's going to be like Tencent and Amazon. Uh, it'll be like the Taco Bell Wars in Demolition Man. Like, we'll just. That's all they'll be left is one of the two. See, that's that's the thing that for me is the most troubling about all of this is that it's the Chinese government and their censorship then encroaching into stuff that we enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so there have actually been speculations recently about the Black Widow trailer, and if Taskmaster, if the design of him was changed so it can play in Korea, I mean China. Hmm. Because he's normally a skull man. Yeah. I still have not watched that trailer. What is he now? He's, he's like a kind of just like a generic sort of special ops type guy. Oh, great. Kind of looks like a which is the black ninja from G.I. Joe. That's um, Snake Eyes? Storm Shadow. Yeah. I think Which it, one? I think it's Snake Eyes. I feel like it should be Storm Shadow because Shadow is in the name, which would mean he's the black one. But then yeah. that's, it's actually probably the opposite because why not? Yeah. Uh, actually, but, like a neon green. Yeah. But anyway, he's got like sort of um. Uh, it's hard to just. I'm trying to figure out how to describe. It. You know the helmet from Ruiner, the game. Sure. Or uh, Guy Manuel de Homem Christos mask from daft punk yeah okay so it's kind of yeah. like that but it does have sort of a skull shaped image on it okay yeah it's kind yeah, of like I a flat of, full mask yeah. like that i'm just pulling it up now no then sure i wonder about this then i wonder if even that would maybe discredit that like if that would still be enough for it to get banned in china from like a vague skull imagery it doesn't have to be an actual skull I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, that's the thing that's just been going on with movies now for a while is trying to appeal to the Chinese market. And so they do these extra scenes that are just way just up China's yeah. like nationalism ass. Right. Or just having to remove content. But, th but then it also ends up bleeding into the versions that are shown to us, like that Looper. remake of uh, sure. But I was thinking more of the remake of like Red Dawn, where it's instead like North Korea is the one that invades, which is completely fucking ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but well, yeah, sure. But but I'm saying like 
there is a reason why it is North Korea now and not China. And it's because China is spending a lot more money on American movies than they were when that the original version of Red Dawn came. Well, it was Russia in the original. Wasn't that? I thought it was China. Oh, it was Russia. Ah, okay, well, forgot what happened in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember who the villain was. Right. Uh, well, anyway, I mean, there's still plenty of stuff that right. That, that I, like I know what you mean, that. but it's like um, in pretty much all of the Marvel movies, like there was that one, which one was it that had like a bunch of extra scenes of like Iron the Lady Doctor? There was that, yeah, the bits in Iron Man three, but there, I think it was Age of Ultron, also. No. Was that? I, I still have not seen Age of Ultron. Is that the lady That's like that one like, of the only ones I have not seen? That might be the lady that just disappeared for months. Because of tax fraud or something, and they just like stuck oh, no. it in a gulag. Oh no! It's amazing to me that there are a lot of people that are on China's side in the terms of the like the Hong Kong protests and stuff. It's like congratulations on siding with like a fascist nation. I guess like good job. Yeah. Sure, but see, that's that's the, why the cops that abduct people all the time are definitely the good yeah. guys. Yeah, but, like, but that's why, that is why I think that there is no way out of this for Activision Blizzard. Like, compared to what EA did, like, the, the last time that we had this discussion where it was just like, boy, they were sure shitty with that Star Wars game. Now there's, like, laws being passed about gambling in video games. Like, that seemed really fucking bad at the time. Mm-hmm. But at least they weren't siding with a fascist government that disappears people. Yeah. I mean, look. I am in favor of communism, but also that doesn't mean China and Russia are good. No, certainly not. Um, yeah, I just, I think that they kind of have to be it. I think that if we're going with a single, like, they're getting the Grimmy, it has to be Activision Blizzard. Because yeah. holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like, wanted I, to talk mess about Bethesda. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, that one's much more personal to you. I understand why that that is at the top of your list. Yeah, it's um, like me holding a copy of Doom Eternal and yeah. screaming, "Look at what they did to my boy!" It's blood coming out of it. Yeah, a sack all of over oranges your rolls out. Yeah, it's just that. It's- just that Neil Breen scene this is happening in a garage there's just a gun <laughs> next to the copy of Doom Eternal why would you do this why why no I mean, getting hey, out of this one something. buddy yeah. I can't help you out of this uh, one I can't believe you committed suicide I cannot believe you committed suicide how could you have done this how could you have committed suicide I can't help you out of this one, Jim. With all we've been through, I can't pull you out of this one. You say as you set it down and rest a golden grimmy on top of it? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, like if I went with one that was just like, I'm holding the grudge over this, it would be Microsoft for that Xbox app shit because holy fuck. Um, but, but in terms of just like objectively who was the worst this year, damn activision and blizzard really went for it and like the, i think the thing that is upsetting me the most about all that stuff is like, 
you know, again, from October to November, and then it seems everyone has just forgotten about it now. Yeah. Uh, like, though, also, I think it, we didn't really discuss my third pick, which was Nintendo, uh, who oh, this yeah, year, like for some reason, have started releasing buggy, incomplete games, which is new for them. Yeah. Uh, between the new Pokemon and Link's Awakening, which runs like yeah. garbage, despite also looking terrible. But uh, see, then my argument to that would be that those are second parties and not necessarily Nintendo directly, which is still like that's not to also, let them off the hook that's because why their second said, parties have been. I better. said this is worst publisher, not developer. That's why I did not put them for oh, developer. Right. But they are I publishing bet. these, dingus. I keep getting like publisher and developer conflated at this point is the thing. Cause I think that so much more often now, when we talk about video games, we are talking about the publisher being responsible for the games and not necessarily the development studio. Like that's what's fucking me up. I don't get that feeling at all. I, I don't know. That's kind of been the way it's felt for me, but I don't yeah. blame Bandai Namco or Sekiro. Um, but no, I, I get you like that. The Pokemon sword and shield stuff, like definitely it is shocking how that game looks. And then I, I rather enjoyed Link's Awakening this year, but yeah, that game is framey as fuck and it should not be. No. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I just wanted to mention a few other things about the uh, the Activision Blizzard thing, and then we'll we'll move uh... on. A few things I wanted to. I just wanted to highlight one other thing that I kind of left out of this, which was when the American University team they held up their sign and they got player cams banned. They also got banned for six months. Cool. <laughs> so, the, the 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 that's the thing too is that Activision Blizzard keeps doubling down on this and saying like. No, it's a consistent six-month ban for talking shit about China, specifically. Like, they've kind of rested on, like, that frame of time as being acceptable to them. We still have two categories. Well, so, Activision, Blizzard, they, they got the Grammy. Yeah. Uh, look, before we get on to uh, Worst Game, which I think that you, you and I are an unanimous uh, on. You're right not saving that for last? No, biggest shitstorm is the last. Oh, okay. I thought worst game would be like the big, just like how with the gizmos we end with best game. See, here's the thing: is I think that like worst game is a much easier category because it's very easy to just find a game that is an absolute piece of trash and say this was the worst one of the year. Biggest shitstorm though is debatable. All right, uh, especially in 2019, where there has been a lot of shitstorms. Okay. Uh, want me to do best or worst game? Best worst game? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Number three, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Should not be a surprise at this point. Number two, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. And number one, the worst game I played this year by a long shot, Left Alive. Hey! Y'all like front mission? Y'all like tactical espionage action? What if the two were combined in the most ill-advised union since Elon Musk and Grimes? 
Square Enix thought that was a good idea, and they wrote poor suckers Elinks into churning this game out to no fanfare. Yoji Shinkawa got his paycheck, at least, and his character designs are the best part of the game. Well, they're the only tolerable parts, in fact. It's hard to believe Left Alive is a finished product. Textures pop in like an early Xbox 360 Unreal Engine game, enemies are dumb as rocks yet somehow also near omniscient, and it feels like it was never playtested play by anyone ever. This is a stealth game where you don't have stealth kills. You just walk up behind an enemy and whack them with a pipe a few times. Come on. My worst game is also Left Alive. <laughs> it's so bad. It, it is, it is. Uh, I had wrote, if there's two things I'm a fan of, and Larry, you know this to be true because I will pretty much not shut the goddamn fuck up about either of these two things, is giant robots yep. and tactical RPGs. Okay. So, goes without saying that I'm a big, big, big fan of Front Mission. I'm way into everything that Front Mission is doing. I want more Front Mission. You know what else I'm a huge fan of? Yoji Shinkawa. Absolutely. Love Yoji Shinkawa. His art's amazing. It's he, Metal Gear Solid. He did the character design for Death Stranding, a game that we both love. Uh-huh. That could very well be game of the year. He, he saw a picture <laughs> of Guillermo del Toro and thought he should probably have a Frankenstein scar on his forehead. <laughs> I want to water brush this travesty, he said to himself. <laughs> um, so when they announced that a new Front Mission game was coming to PlayStation 4 and Yoji Shinkawa was on board to lead the art design, my interest was pretty damn peaked. And then I saw what they did. I It's like watching a snuff film. <laughs> I felt... Gross and guilty? Ah. Only imagining that scene from Cold in July with Don Johnson watching the snuff film, but it's just footage of Left Alive on the TV screen. <laughs> yeah, um... You know what I want out of, like, a giant robot game? Like, not being inside the robot. No. I just want to run around, and there's robots in the background doing stuff, but I'm mostly just shooting other guys. Well, they should make it so occasionally you get in the robot and you shoot things for just a little bit, and then that's it. I can't believe I'm going to say this. You know what is a better uh, giant robot game where you get out on foot? Robot Shogo Mobile Armor Division. Oh. oh. <laughs> yes, actually. Shogo's bad, but it's not Left Alive bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 2019 is making me appreciate Shogo Mobile Armor Division in a way I was not prepared for. At least in Shogo, when you shoot guys, they do that weird little spin around. Yeah, in, in Left Alive, they just kind of fall over. Well, that's after like, you I'm put about now. 800 bullets into their head, because uh, yeah. good luck trying to kill anybody in that game, because the headshots are not one-shot kills. Also... Uh, enemies seem to always know where you are. Like, they have the vision of an eagle, uh, despite yeah. also being complete idiots. Also, if you get caught and die immediately, which will happen very often, uh, the checkpoints, there are, like, very, very few of them. And they like to place them behind 
stuff where it's like you're gonna hear the same dialogue you have to pick up the same item and craft it all over again every time and just the levels they don't give you any direction on where to go it's see it's so here's, weird. here's the thing is front mission had an unconventional front mission game very early on in the franchise uh, i'm trying to remember the name of it but it was on the super nintendo and it was that like combat took place in like a, a side scroller like a shooter kind of thing instead of it being like a tactical rpg that was fine because you were still this. in the robot and you were shooting other robots. I don't so remember like that one. Um, there it's was not. It's not the front mission that everyone is jumping to talk about. Like it's still front mission is very much a tactical RPG thing. But like you absolutely could do games within that universe that branch out into other gameplay styles. That's fine. A giant robot game where you're getting out on foot could be good, but they did not make a good game in any sense. Yeah, um, I mean, there was that other front mission game on, like, Xbox 360, like, Evolved or something. Oh, sure, was it was an one? asynchronous multiplayer game, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, and nobody played it. But I think the weirdest thing, like, insult upon injury, I think that was actually the last front mission game before this one. And, like, this one, they didn't even give the, di well... I was going to say, did not give the dignity of giving it the front mission title, because you'd never know that it was until you started playing it. Uh, but that's maybe for the best. They shot front mission in the head and kicked it into a hole. R.I.P. front mission. Yeah, congratulations front mission left alive for winning uh, 2019's worst game, Golden Grimmy. <sighs> yeah. I don't feel heart. good about it. I don't feel good about giving that award to a front mission game. No, definitely not. But yeah. you look at that thing and you have to avert your eyes at a certain point. It's like looking into the sun. Yeah. Larry, uh, before we get on to the grand finale, the biggest shitstorm, uh, I have a couple categories that I wanted to introduce to the Golden Grimmies. As you know, I've been playing a lot of old video games recently. Sure. In, like the last year, I've finished over a hundred of them. Uh, not all those games great. Uh, in fact, some of them very bad. So I thought uh, I would honor the worst old video game of 2019. All right. So the award, of course, goes to Arrow the Acrobat. Of course. First, first old game is a new category for the Golden Grimmies. To qualify, a game has to have been released prior to the last two console generations and played start to finish within the current year. A game is disqualified if it was completed any year prior to the current year. Nothing about Arrow the Acrobat feels good. Arrow's weight just feels clumsy and wrong. His movement's slippery and imprecise. You don't so much as you don't so much run through levels as you do careen wildly, hoping to God you don't fling yourself into some garbage. Enduring the punishment of having to play more of this shitty game as your progress is set back. All the while, a cacophony of screeches, squeals, and rings buzz into your ears at a frequency I'm pretty sure is designed to dampen the part of your brain that discourages self-harm. You do not play Arrow the Acrobat because to play is to have fun. You suffer it. 
and either you are destroyed by the experience or you are hardened by it. Arrow the Acrobat is not a game. It's a rape of the soul. This game is so bad. <laughs> Larry Davis. It's not great. We have a podcast where you can hear a lot more of us talking about Arrow the Acrobat and what specifically is wrong with it. So we will not jump back into that. But they had to walk away from 2019 with an award. Right. Just check back they, in the speed yeah. for that episode if you have not heard it. It's... You know, that episode will also teach you a lot about Burt Ward's dog food company. Uh, which oh, it's I, good to listen. Yeah, which I think... <laughs> we, we, we got a lot out of a couple really bad games. I, I think that might be one of the best. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, speaking of that episode, we also uh, we kind of discussed how in 1993, EGM had awarded Arrow the Acrobat a uh, Best New Character of 1993. Uh, I'd like to introduce a new category, Worst Character of 1993, the award goes to Arrow the Acrobat. This goddamn fucker, <laughs> the stupid piece of shit, I'll teach you to fuck with me! Okay. Great. Great. We're biggest shit show of 2019, let's do this. Alright. I'm full of anger. My nominee are you yeah you go first because i, I real quick i hope you pre- i invoked arrow the acrobat so i could really get jazzed up for biggest shit show sure i'm legit mad now it's, it's shit storm by the way use the preferred shit storm i am sorry uh so th- this is uh this is going to be more of a debate because there are quite a few things that we have listed as being the biggest shitstorms. So uh, I kind of think that we, I have done little write-ups for each of them. Uh, should we just kind of go through and go at them one by one and then kind of come to a consensus? Well, do you want me to do just my top three and a bit about that then? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, the thing is I've selected more than just three. Well, okay. I have number three, Google Stadia. Number two, Blizzard are cowards. Number one, Randy Pitchford, just everything about him. Uh, but Randy Pitchford has been a ridiculous laughing stock of a man for a long time, but it was mostly because he couldn't release a good game to save his life. Now we get a saga of corporate embezzlement arguments, lost USB drives containing chatterbait recordings that he insists are magic tricks requiring serious study, and a general attitude that he's out to own the haters. Yeah. I hate Randy Pitchford so much. He's the Man. worst. Um, here is my selection, and these are not in any particular order because I, I could not decide. It's like looking at a party platter and just wanting to gorge yourself on everything. Uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, Stadia. a 10 foot long yeah. party sub of suck. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Stadia, everything about it. Right. Uh, Fallout 76's premium subscription is fucking garbage. Mm. Uh, Anthem is also fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. Everybody bland, everybody ban Blitz Chung tonight. <laughs> I hope you, I hope you appreciate that. I needed to. That's pretty good. We're not going to get back into it, but that's yeah. Um, and Randy Pitchford's USB stick full of magic porn. Yay! Um, 
I think if I had to distill it down into a top three, it would be Stadia, Blizzard, and Randy Pitchford as well. Because um, here's here's the thing. Uh, like, the, the Fallout 76 premium subscription stuff is objectively bad. Oh, yeah. uh, Anthem, I think, barely qualifies as the biggest shitstorm, but I wanted to say words about it. Right, Anthem is just like, here's a bad game. Yeah. Um, that wasn't quite bad enough, I think, to maybe make the worst game of the year, but is still noteworthy. No, because um, like the game itself is probably all right. It's just that like the way they've handled it and like basically abandoned it due to low sales and stuff. That's the problem. So I'm gonna read my short thing that I had written about it. How about that? Did you know they did? I'm just going to mention this because you probably were not aware this happened. Um, they had like the seasonal events or whatever, and they just redid a previous one. <laughs> Great! Didn't even bother making a new one. <laughs> They're yeah. just like, here we go. Here's season two. It's it's, it's that that again. Yeah. Uh, so when I went like looking for everything about it, like part of it was that there was a bunch of pushback over them having microtransactions in it, which to be fair, they were all like cosmetic stuff. But, like, that soon after the whole, like, Battlefront 2 thing, like, microtransactions being in an EA game was just a bad look. So people pushed against that. Uh, I'm no Michael Pactor, so I have no idea if that's what influenced, like, its poor sales performance initially. But they had set this expectation of 6 million units by, uh, I want to say it was, like, March. They did not make that. Um, to be fair, Michael Pactor has up- no idea what influences the sales of anything either that's true <laughs> michael pactor he just like he sits at a desk and people come to him and they're like what do you think about this he's like yeah that's it's gonna sell uh, hey, now, 18 he million of limited, he has a lot of limited edition video game collections behind him like behind his desk i think he might know a thing or two larry he probably knows a thing or two yes <laughs> He probably has a boxed copy of the limited edition of Death Stranding. I think he understands <laughs> video games. Uh, um, no, they, they wanted 6 million units, and then and, and, and some of the stuff I was pulling up actually said that it's one of the better performing games of the year, so I, I would suspect they set an unreasonably high sales expectation at the start that they did not meet, and then over the course of the year, they, they probably made decent money off. You're um, saying they pulled a Square uh, Enix when they infamously said that uh, both Tomb Raider and Hitman did not sell to their expectations, even though they were they sold pretty yeah, well. I I think that is probably what happened. Um, they also had mentioned though that like microtransaction revenue was also underperforming, uh, but they did not release anything uh, about how well that stuff was actually like. They they just said it didn't meet expectations. It didn't give any figures. Um, so I couldn't really say where they were at at that point in time. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's mostly like if you look up a lot of critical reception, the words that they used to describe it are unfinished, dull, a grind, repetitive, uh, which is just a really charitable way of saying the game stinks. Uh, yeah. Everything that I've seen about it just makes it look like this game was made by machines, like a human hand had not been laid on this thing at any point in its development. It just seems... So fucking rote. Well, famously, they did not know what the game would be titled until shortly before it was revealed. 
like oh, maybe a day or so. But yeah, it, it in the end, it's just it's a bad game that didn't quite meet EA's expectations, and maybe they just set those expectations too high. Um, but then, like Fallout seventy six <laughs> is kind of a whole different thing, though. Because mm. man, too bad man. that didn't come out this year. It could have been front runner for oh. worst game. Oh, definitely. It barely qualifies as a game. Uh, I'm trying to see the the Fallout first subscription offers a private world, bottomless storage for crafting components, a sixteen thousand atoms a month wage, uh, icons and emotes, a survival tent, ranger armor for the price of twelve ninety nine per month or ninety nine dollars for a whole year. If you are <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> Oh man. That is legitimately insulting. Twelve ninety nine a month. Yeah. I don't I can barely understand him wanting to play like a game that consistently that I would like throw down a hundred bucks for a full year subscription. Cannot even empathize with anyone who would do that for Fallout 76 specifically. I know when I play MMOs or something, I just I'm like, all right, here's 15 for the month. I'll play it for two or three months, and then I'm done. Uh, I need you to uh, I need you to understand when when I think of someone spending 99 dollars a year for Fallout 76, I cannot enter that headspace in the same way that I cannot like actually picture myself like taking a life. I was just about to say, are you trying to like will Graham your way into the mind of a person yes. who would pay for this? I'm seeing like a deer run by in the darkness and it turns to me and it says Fallout 76 subscriptions are only $12.99 a month or $99 for the whole year and then it trots away <laughs> what a deal yeah that's what I say and then I come back to my senses oh god man did you also so, yeah, like, know that if you have a subscription in the game, it puts an icon above your head, and so players are just killing everybody who has one of those icons? <laughs> <laughs> just engaging yeah, in right, class warfare in Fallout 76? Uh, I So I had done write-ups for all of these. I won't read you the whole thing on Fallout 76. I do want to read you this one tiny little bit at the end. All of this was also announced right near the release of Outer Worlds, so Bethesda is either tone-deaf or in the middle of some Kaufman-esque bit that none of us have caught on to. Yeah, I didn't even know about it until later. Yeah, it was like within the same week of Outer Worlds coming out or something like that. <sighs> or no, I think it was like maybe th three weeks apart or something, but like, that is your announcement that close to Outer Worlds, really. Yeah, the game that famously is like we're gonna make a Bethesda game, but uh, but good. Yeah, man. So th those two, uh, they're kind of just honorable mentions. I did want to talk to uh, talk to you about them a little bit, but the big the big three. Because here's the thing: the Randy Pitchford thing. I don't know if that's necessarily number one. So funny though. It is, but I've kind of come around on it as new information has come to light. Um, so with the, the Randy Pitchford thing, oh, I'd written so many words about it, I don't know where to start with this. Uh, oh, no. I'm not going to read it, but it was that uh, Wade Callender, 
the calendar man filed a lawsuit against <laughs> right. uh, Randy Pitchford. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, the the lawsuit uh, claimed that Randy Pitchford breached his uh, fiduciary duties by exploiting Gearbox employees and property to fund Pitchford's private cravings. Ooh. There, there are only a few combinations of words that are more sinister than private cravings. What do you think his private cravings were, like, subscriptions to Magicians Quarterly? <laughs> it was about putting, like, fucking cam porn stars onto the cover of a Magicians magazine that he publishes. Uh-huh. Yeah, this, so, there was an allegation that... And I can't believe this is a sentence I can actually speak and have it be like sort of true. A, a USB stick full of porn was found in a Dallas medieval times. Yep. Allegedly containing child pornography. Uh, about a day after the uh, suit was filed, Randy was uh, on his podcast. The I think it's the Pith Pod or something like that. Uh, and he was talking about how, like, he's really into, like, exhibitionism stuff, like cam girls and, and voyeurism or whatever. The f he was going to, like, his weird sexual cravings and everything and how, like, he found this one model and her act to be, like, revelatory. Like, he realized, like, oh, this isn't porn. This is magic. It was about squirting, specifically. <laughs> Thank you. So that um, was why he was like, wow, this this is a magic trick. <laughs> Okay, dude. Like this time, man, she's gonna pull a scarf out of her pussy. <laughs> Just keeps, keeps pulling. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether to start beating off or saw her in half. <laughs> well, look, first you saw it in half, and then, then the fun begins. That's when Randy's private cravings come into play. Oh God, I don't like this dark place that this is taking us. <laughs> This is my fucking Will Graham moment. I'm starting to understand Randy's perverse mind. Oh no! I Soon hate you'll this. become him. We're just gonna wheel you in in a on one of those whatever they're called, and you've got the mask on and a straight jacket, and then you just have to play Borderlands. Yeah, yeah man. So hello, he Dolly. saved. That's what we say when you roll. In. <laughs> you cut out for me. That's what we say when you roll in. Hello, Dolly. Oh, no. Uh, so he was explaining to the guy he was doing this podcast with that, like, he saved some of this stuff onto a USB stick and that this was barely legal porn. So she was of age, but he saved it onto the USB stick that he kept, like, sensitive corporate documents relating to, like, Sega and Take-Two Interactive and Sony. And okay. then left it out of medieval times. And then, like, some dude who worked there picked up the USB and started looking through it and saw, like, all this, like, game documentation stuff. And then also Randy Pitchford's porn. And was like, oh, I need to give this back. Yeah, it, it's just Someone especially... This. It's just especially funny with all that stuff on the stick. Like, the thing that everybody knows about is his porno. God. Man, and and so then, like, Calendar also alleged that Pitchford and his wife were hosting uh, peacock parties, which was that, like, uh, some well-to-do people would gather and basically expose themselves to minors. Wait, what? Yeah. 
that that was part of the allegation that calendar made uh, i don't I remember this actually i mean yeah, um this is news to me this... i am reading from ars technica right now these are their words not mine Additionally, Calendar alleges that Pitchford siphoned Gearbox profits to fund parties thrown by Pitchford and his wife. The suit describes these parties, known as peacock parties, as gatherings where adult male guests have reportedly exposed themselves to minors to the amusement of Randy Pitchford. What? <laughs> oh, man. Look, yeah. to, be, to be honest here, everybody involved with this seems like a nut job. Uh, yes. I do think Calendar is like full of crap for the most part uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll get there to like the the way that this ends but be- before we do the official response from gearbox is amazing because the gearbox the corporate entity their response was here's the podcast where our ceo talks about what he honks it off to yep that is our defense also, by the way, peacock parties are a thing he held, but they're not what you think they are. <laughs> uh, again, quoting from Ars Tenica, the statement also describes something called the Peacock Theater as if it were an existing publicly accessible art venue, uh, quote, owned by the Pitchfords and hosts a variety of art shows that has featured some of the most respected and renowned performers in the world. Uh, they did not confirm, by the way, how many mu- magicians were at these parties, but I would assume lots. Uh, Chris Angel uh, was there. Pin oh, and no. or Teller. Well, no, well, only one I'm... of them. Yeah, if you said Chris Angel, now maybe I'm back into thinking the calendar was on to something. Yeah, uh, who's who's um, that guy uh, did the Netflix magic show? Like magic for humans or something. He's very popular right now. Uh, to continue the Arsenica thing, when it is in fact a private invite-only event hosted at Pitchford's massive house in a gated community, Gearbox <laughs> claims that every performance at the Peacock Theater is recorded and invites members of the press to watch any or all of these videos in private for further validation. These videos' public release cannot happen without consent from the performers, the statement says. That's weird. Yeah, it is. It is very weird. I appreciate that they make a specific point of saying it's in his massive house in a gated community. Just in case you're wondering. Yeah, well, that actually that bit is a quote straight from Gearbox's statement. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, well, I wanted to be clear. Yeah, um, that the Arsenica thing I'm, I'm quoting and quotes within quotes. Um, so yeah, uh, in October, because all this happened, like, um, this all happened, like, in, it, it came to light in late January, but I think this stuff actually, some of it happened back in, like, 2014 or something like that, but because it, it came to light in January, Randy Pitchford, Jesus Christ, cutting it real close in 2019. Yeah, I think, um, the embezzlement stuff is what stretches back farther. Yeah, um... But this all kind of resolved itself in October uh, with Pitchford being exonerated in courts of law. Uh, The official dismissal statement noted that, quote, misunderstandings between the parties have been corrected and apologies were exchanged. Because the parties are mutually bound by confidentiality, no additional statements will be forthcoming. So 
we kind of just have to like trust that Randy Pitchford's recollection of events is accurate. Uh, and that calendar maybe, you know, was told by someone who didn't know what they were talking about, that there was underage porn on that device or what Peacock theater is. Um, I feel like given Randy Pitchford's illustrious history, uh, we're going to find out Like he's, he won't be able to not talk about it. Yeah, he's gonna end up on some, some podcast somewhere <laughs> blabbing yeah. about what happened. Yeah. But but that's the thing is e- even if Calendar has the incorrect recollection of events, that doesn't stop any of this from being deeply weird. This oh, is yeah. just a fucking crazy story. Yep. Uh, but I feel because it resolved itself in a way that still exonerated Pitchford, that might be the thing that just holds back from being shitstorm of the year. I feel like a true shitstorm is like there's nothing redeemable about this. But whether we like it or not, even though like Randy Pitchford still admitted to some like pretty weird crap. Like he kind of got redeemed on the whole having child porn thing. I never believe that was actually true, though. Like that seemed like very suspect. Yeah, I think like when because again it came out like around the same time as all this breaking anyway. When he was saying it was barely legal porn, I could go, okay, I could see how someone who like they could see that and maybe get it confused. Yeah, well, because um, the whole thing was that was from I think it was actually clips for sale or something, and they would not allow something that was. <laughs> of course, illegal. Randy would use. Of course, Randy would use the clips for sale. Yeah, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, twenty-five dollars for this eight-minute clip of someone popping balloons sounds reasonable." No, no, they they can have them do actual magic tricks if they pay them enough. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Get tailored to your tastes. Yeah. Um, she just keeps saying, "This is for you, Randy." Every time she pulls a rabbit <laughs> out of a hat. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, um. So we've already talked about the Blitz Chung thing. There's no need to go back into that. The The other big thing that happened this year was uh, Google Stadia, which, holy fucking moly. Well, some would argue with you if it actually happened. <laughs> um, Up for debate. So this whole thing with Google Stadia started with that uh, conference that they held where they trotted Matt Pat out to talk about how important this would be for YouTube influencers. And like that already was enough for me to be like, this is on some kind of end of the year list. Right. I did not know who that was and you (laughs) informed me. It's the most punchable voice I've heard in my entire life. Yeah, I, I I did not have any prior... A contact with Mr. Matt Pat, and I wanted him to die within ten seconds of listening to him. Yeah, the the game theory asshole, Jesus H. Uh, look, here's the thing about game theory too. I can maybe understand its popularity if like the theories they were posing were actually like plausible. If you were just like, oh yeah, like maybe they're actually onto something, and like the developers come out later on or just like. Some of you have the right idea, but we're not saying who. Uh, instead, like, he puts these theories up, and then, like, developers are like, no, he got it dead fucking wrong. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, that's... I hate fan theories in general, so... Sure. Like, but, like, I could understand the popularity of it more if he were, like, anywhere near the ball. 
I guess. I don't know. I haven't watched any of them, but I'm guessing I've a lot seen. of them are the same, like, standard fan theory stuff of, like, Mario was dead the whole time. The Mushroom Kingdom is a dying yeah. hallucination. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty okay. much it. Okay, there, good. There was something... There was something in particular that I'm referencing where, like, the creator came out afterwards and w- was just like, no, not at all. Uh, and I cannot remember for the life of me now what that was. It was Hideo Kojima. It might, it might not have been in game. It might have been, like, a movie or something like that. But, um, That's called but anyway, game theory. Um, there's also movie theory and stuff. I actually what? don't know if that's all... I actually don't know if that's all MatPat. I don't follow MatPat for the aforementioned reasons... Of finding his voice repugnant. Did he name himself after the like Matt and Pat series? Is that that his thing? I don't know. Uh, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to read for my thing now. Uh, the okay. the lead up to Stadia's quiet and frankly vestigial launch on November nineteenth. By the way, this came out. Not people. sure anyone's aware. <laughs> yes, for people who bought the Founders Edition for like 135 damn dollars. Uh, Which, by was... the way, what does that get you? Oh, uh... It's a controller. It's a Chromecast. It's uh, the, the subscription, thing... which the doesn't thing is maybe really not. give you anything. Huh? But the thing is, maybe not. What do well, you mean? I'll get to that. Oh. I'll get to that. Uh... So the the lead up to this November nineteenth launch, uh, there were just tons of reports detailing all the features that it would not have. Uh, for one, the ten dollar a month subscription would not permit you to access any free games, but rather a catalog of twenty two titles that would need to be purchased individually. Many of which can be found cheaper through other vendors. Uh, the much touted social features such as crowd play, stream connect, stat share would also be absent with no real indication on when they would be included. Likewise, subscribers would not have access to achievements or family sharing and would be required to use the Chromecast Ultra included in the Founders Edition because it would have the firmware to run it, whereas other Chromecast Ultras would not. If I didn't know any better, I would suspect that Google was intentionally trying to sabotage their own service because it would really be quicker to say what Stadia would launch with. With so many missing features, Stadia has not made a strong first impression, which is kind of a big deal with platform launches. Doesn't end there, though. Stadia's launch has been messier than simply being feature incomplete. For example, similar to Ouya, another game-changing product, some early adopters are finding themselves without their Founders Edition's hardware. Chromecast Ultras and Stadia controllers were also sent separately, staggered apart for some reason. (laughs) Okay. The excuse given by and Andre Dornorchev, it's probably how you say that, uh, during a Reddit AMA, is that, quote, moving atoms is a bit more complicated and less predictable than moving bits, which is an interesting argument to make considering they can't even get the whole moving of bits things right either. Oh, uh, at launch... Pro subscribers may find that they are unable to stream in 4K in 60 frames a second, a feature that rests squarely at the core of the Stadia model. Uh, Digital Foundry has a great and unsurprisingly very technical write-up, but the summary is this. Games like Red Dead Redemption 2 are rendered at two... uh, Sorry. 
2560 by 1440 with a frame cap set to 30 frames a second in balance mode. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 renders at 1080 and 60 frames a second. Uh, Chromecast Ultra then upscales the image to 4K, complete with macro blocking and gradient banding. Mm. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> uh, my favorite part about all of this is the whole thing of like, well, you don't have to have a powerful PC. We have all of this like in the cloud, so we have these beefy PCs that can play everything in Max or whatever. It'll look great. You don't have to do anything. And then mo most of the games are like running at medium settings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to Google's credit, what's all right? Go on. To Google's credit, they they have addressed this criticism, saying it's the developer's fault, <laughs> actually, <laughs> for choosing for choosing making the choice of having these restrictions, and that Stadia is totally capable of making good on the 4K 60 frames per second promise inherently. And again, in the interest of fairness. Artifacting and latency should be expected of such a service as internet infrastructure in the United States is still, on the whole, a dismal mess. Yeah. And Google should know something about that, considering Google Fiber cables are just jutting out of the ground in some places. Yep. Micro-trenching. Yeah. Great idea. Honestly, it seems as though Stadia is poised to go the way of many other Google services. A strong, confident announcement followed by an embarrassing fizzle rapidly evaporating support and eventual death in obscurity no it's gonna be around forever just like google glass oh, fuck <laughs> no wearing my google glass right now i still have to put them on every time i leave the house i hate it yeah just can't look at the world the same way anymore everything has to be augmented I have to have my barely augmented. legal magician's porn playing in the corner when I go to the gas station. I never asked for this. Yeah, so like Google Stadia, so the reason why I wanted to read all that is because it, I wanted to make sure I broke down just everything that is wrong with Google Stadia. And I didn't even ch touch on the fact that like it's just really bad for games preservation, which is the yeah, one reason why you should root for this thing failing, it's that. Oh yeah, it is. Like that's my number one thing. You, the idea of paying for a game and then, like, you do not own it. Like you already yeah. in digital stuff, that's already pretty iffy. But at least you download it and it's there on your hard drive. You know, it's not just yeah. like off somewhere in the cloud. Yeah, you you have more of a hope that someone can preserve that. I mean, it's definitely possible, even if you look at something like PT, which was delisted and you can't get anymore, but people had it on their hard drives, and so now it lives forever. Yeah. I have that uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 4 anniversary console that has PT still living on it. Yeah, that... Ooh, boy. Got gold mine. <laughs> yeah. Except then you just um, use it. And so it's going to die soon. I remember like looking up those with PT on it because there were like a few listings and they were still worth quite a bit just because they had like the clout of having PT on that hard oh, drive. Yeah. So yeah, I I didn't devalue it as severely as I was probably intending to by opening it up to begin with because I didn't oh. know at that time that all but that you, PT stuff would happen. But you've been continuing to use it, and every second that you use it devalues it further. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, like that that is part of it, just the fact that you can't really preserve these games if they exist in the cloud. But then that thing that you mentioned where like some of these games are just running on like medium settings. So you're also like taking away some of the agency that the customer has to make this game look as good as they want it. I guess. I mean, I think it's funny how the versions of Stadia games are not just like, here's the PC version. It's like, basically, here's the PC version, except we've blacked out the video settings in the options menu. Yeah. But also just like the macro blocking and the uh, the gradient banding stuff. Like, that's... Like, I expect that out of streaming a movie or something like that. I'm just used to it now. But the thought of that being in, like, my games is really gross to me. Yeah, I'm never going to use this thing, which uh, is fine no. because I don't have the internet to do it anyway. And also, by the time I do, uh, it'll be dead. Yeah. And so will I. And, like, if if there's a positive to any of this, it's the fact that a company as big as Google is is putting out this service at a moment in time where the infrastructure is just not there for it. So if Google fails at this, that's going to set it back conceptually so damn much. Hell yeah. We're just now recovering from on live people. We're like, we're going to give it another shot. And so, yep, see, let's try it again in another 10 years. But then, like, there's still people out there who are just like, this is the future of gaming. Like, it's all going to go digital. It's all going to go streaming. And, like, I just don't, I don't get that. Like, I, it's just not there. Like, people's internet connection, their choice in their provider, and their choice even in, like, what type of internet they can even get is just not there enough for something like this to actually work. Nope. Uh, even Digital Foundry, uh, the, the two people that they had testing this thing, uh, God, I, I don't, I don't remember their numbers, but person A had worse internet than person B, but person B's gameplay looked worse than person A's. Cool. Was like for whatever for reason? No, they couldn't figure out why. Like they were just like, I don't understand. Like my internet is better. I should not be getting worse results. Ah, well, another success to chalk up to Google. Good job, Google. Okay, Google. Please write to my Gmail account about all the things that I misrepresented. <laughs> I typed this all up and I put it in a Google Doc, sticking it to the main. So, yeah, we, we've kind of touched on all these. So I, I, I think that it, it definitely, for both of us, it boils down to those big three, the Randy Pitchford thing, the Blitzchung thing, and uh, Stadia. I don't think Stadia is... Stadia is definitely a pretty bad shitstorm, but, like, to me, it's just... I saw that product launch failing a mile away. Oh, yeah. I feel like a true shitstorm just completely takes you off your feet. I feel like as much as I like to crap on Randy Pitchford and make fun of him for being a ridiculous human, uh, yeah. the Blizzard one is worse. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I was going to argue here in a second, like just striking Stadia, but then like what I would say is Randy Pitchford was at least to some degree proven right. 
in that story. Well, it's not even about that. It's just Randy is hilarious and an idiot. Sure. Uh, but Blizzard are essentially defending human rights violators on a massive scale. So Yes. They are making it part of their business model. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Which is startling. Yeah. I mean, especially if you... Look, I'm not one of those people who's going to sit here and be like, oh, do you know where your money even goes, man? Because it's always going somewhere shitty. Like, if you money. wanted to avoid... Sure. Like, if you followed the money on anything you buy, eventually it's going to go into some dark thing that you do not want to support. Yeah. That's just the, the way everything is structured now where you have only so many mega corporations that it all funnels back into. It right. is not worth worrying about that too much. Uh, but to some degree, it is. And I think in the case of Blizzard, where they're being very upfront about supporting China and their policies and acquiescing to their censorship, don't give them your money. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I bought a Sprite, so I'm indirectly funding death squads in Cambodia yeah. or something like that. It's Yeah, but if you buy a copy of Jeepers Creepers, you're kind of an asshole. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's sort of the line is where when you can very directly say buying this product supports this very bad thing because the line to that is very, very short. Hey, my Earthworm Jim comic book is... <laughs> Has been shipped out. <laughs> Should be here soon. Looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, pick and choose your battles, man. I mean, <laughs> exactly. It's unrelated to the conversation at hand. Sure. sure. Um. Doug Tencent. Whoa. <laughs> now that's sorry, a... Doug Tenepple. Who is listening level, to this podcast almost assuredly? High level satire here. Only the best from Destroy All Children. That's right. Um but yeah, like that that God. At least Randy Pitchford, as far as I'm aware, has not supported a fascist regime. Wouldn't put it past him, honestly. But uh Sure. Sure. As far he, as I know, you're correct. Yeah, Randy's been accused of uh, quite a few things in his time. How much of that stuff is true and how much of it is uh, falsehoods, I really could not say. Uh, other than we at least know he's not honking it on Rage Play. So not thanks yet. for that, Randy. I appreciate it. Thanks, Randy. Sandy. Um, yeah. But but also I kind of figured that like the stuff with Randy Pitchford, like at this point you expect him to be a human disaster. Oh, absolutely. I, feel I like look it, forward to it, it. Sure, me too. But I also think like a shitstorm is something that destroys credibility in a way that you don't really come back from, too. Mm, well, at that point, then <laughs> everyone forgetting about the Blizzard thing a month later is... So yeah. It does start. Mm, that is a, it's a good counter-argument. But then um, it wouldn't apply to Stadia either because nobody cares that like Google's going to continue having more money than God and this won't really matter. That's the thing that just blows my mind, though, about Stadia and like all the other stuff that Google has done that has just failed tremendously is they have so much money they could do this stuff right. I, I don't know why they are so bad at it. Yeah, that's... They keep yeah. fucking up 
YouTube and then actually making a lot of money off YouTube. And like, that is the one weird exception where it's like, they're still doing this dead wrong, but it's working out. Well, they make money off of YouTube because none of it's going to the creators anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They're still like, what are people going to go to? Daily motion? Come on. Come on. Go head on over to Vimeo. <laughs> yeah. Daily Motion yeah, is only good for finding clips of old wrestling pay-per-views. Yeah. If I That's... need to see Scott Steiner talk about a, a woman's juices, uh, that Daily Motion, that's my first stop. Here we are at Bad Blood, and I'm backstage with Scott Steiner just after his match with Test. You just defeated Test, and you've got the full-time managerial services of Stacey. How do you feel about that? Well, that's not all I want. See, I, for one, know what it's like to taste the sweet nectar of a woman's juices, and I'm going to show Stacy what Tess couldn't show him, what it's like to be with a real man. Stacy, you got to be happy about this. I am so happy because I finally found a man who treats me right. So, Al, I'm going to tell you and all Houston, if you're here tonight, say, somebody say, oh, God, oh, God, and screams out, the big, bad, booty daddy, make no mistake about it, it's going to be Stacy. That's, like, I don't want to get into this whole thing, but, like, the, one of the things that's just driving me absolutely insane about YouTube right now is if you watch a video and someone wants to say, like, the shit word, they have to, like, put it in, like, a caption at the bottom of the screen and then, like, have a moment of silence in the middle of their sentence. Wait, what? Like, it's just, it, yeah, so YouTube will actually flag certain uh, cuss words when they're spoken, and, like, shit is one of the ones that people have actually found out has gotten caught in that filter and can get you demonetized. Okay. So if you say shit, now it's just like, yeah, this is some real bull, and then, like, shit will appear in captions at the bottom of the screen. Like, I've been seeing quite a few YouTubers do that now. Weird. Yeah. It's becoming such this bizarrely sterile environment. Well, like, isn't that because of that whole, the... that whole thing about, like, making things safe for kids or whatever? When like, Oh, that... Copa? Yes. Yeah, that's a whole fucked up situation, too. And like that, that was created by them, though, for, like, not caring about all of those weird, like, Elsa's getting her teeth yeah. taken out by Spider-Man videos. Also is pregnant. Her I'm belly sure. is expanding rapidly. Everyone's pregnant. Um, Hulk comes in and Hulk's pregnant. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say Hulk's come in and Hulk's come out. Oh. <laughs> well, the Hulk's start coming and they won't stop coming. Um, like that's a that's another weird thing I noticed is I actually like clicked on this video that kind of explained uh, Copa and there was like a YouTube comment that was just like yeah I get like a ton of kids content in my recommendations even though like I'm mostly just watching like video game but I guess YouTube sees that I like video games so I must be a child and then like my experience is totally different from that where I also watch a lot of video game footage but I collect a lot of uh, figurines and I watch a lot of reviews about action figures and I would expect that I would get a ton of children's content recommended to me as a result and I don't get any I don't get uh, any I've, either I have never seen one of those weird Elsa things ever pop up in, in my feed at any point in time same um, uh, all I watch are video game related things and uh, the clips of Gordon Ramsay screaming about food yeah but I have definitely heard from people who have had the opposite experience. So that algorithm just seems bizarre to me. Like, I do not know what 
sets it off. Yeah. The um, main thing with me is I keep getting recommended like McElroy's videos and stuff. And no matter how many times I say I am not interested in these goobers, it will continue to give me recommendations there, for them. There was once where I watched an MSNBC video and then it started trying to like push me towards PragerU. And it took a while of saying I'm not interested, man, before it finally took that shit off my radar. Yeah. Um, so that stuff's happened. And then like occasionally it has that weird hiccup where it's just like, hey, literally every user, here's this Japanese song from the 80s. But that's good though. Yeah, the, the one recently that I showed you was that uh explosion in China, which is a hell of a video. Uh, oh, but yeah. that apparently is a similar thing to where that's now ending up in a bunch of people's. Yeah, I guess that happened a few years ago. Um, anyway, this has been a whole weird aside. The Google is a f- fucking mess. Uh huh. It's the Randy Pitchford of companies. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Successful despite itself, and everything they do is just so fucking weird. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, I. I I, I think Randy Pitchford being weird and Google releasing a failed product uh, don't quite compare to Activision supporting fascism. Also, those things feel much more expected. Whereas, while I think you could piece it together what Blizzard would support in the end, man, that story broke really hard. Yeah, yeah. It kind of all happened at once. Yeah. There's a much more sudden and... uh pervasive thing uh whereas i think also by comparison you know the randy pitchford stuff like radio silence on that from the start of the year until october uh stadia pretty sure a lot of people don't even know that came out no because they just announced like it was coming out maybe a month before it did i found out that there that it was coming out uh the same week that it was scheduled to come out uh, because there was an article that was just like here's what you can expect not to be able to do in Stadia. Right. Uh, really strong way to launch. Also, didn't we didn't get into it, but uh, the list of games available for Stadia is not oh, yes. good. No, it's really bad. The Tomb Raider ones are apparently the best. Uh, like, it, those seem to run and look the best out of the 22 games that they have on offer. They're also probably Two of those games the best. are really old. Yeah. Yeah, but like two of those games are also really old by this point. You can get them for dirt cheap off of uh, Steam or something. So I mean, the the third one is in this month's humble choice thing, so you can get that for pretty cheap too. And there you go. Like the the price range I saw on these games was like twenty bucks to sixty damn dollars. Like, sure. I don't. And you're paying for like you have a subscription to be able to buy games. That you no, could no, buy you, you on buy other without platforms it. without a No, that's the thing is right now it's only the founders. So the the only way that you can right, get those okay, games sure. is because you laid down that money. But that no, that comes with the founders edition. It's like three months of the subscription stuff comes with the founders thing. Yeah. But there is no free subscription or free games at this point in time. The only no. way to get that is if But also you would not have also you can't like play it in a browser at this point you have to use the chromecast thing and also the the whole thing of like you can use this controller and then go over to this thing and use this controller that doesn't work right now either that's assuming you even get your controller because there's been people who've just not gotten either of those things sure 
Oh man, look, I really don't like the Stadio stuff, uh, but still, I'm I'm resolute that uh, the Golden Grimmy for biggest shitstorm goes to Activision Blizzard. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I think we have just we have spoken our piece on that earlier in this uh, podcast. So there is no reason to open that up again, but. But yeah, good, great job, Activision Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 2019. Remember when, like, the, the worst thing about Activision Blizzard was just like, oh, there's some controversy about Tracer's butt? No. Um, we've come a long way. No, I've... Blizzard has a long history of doing extremely questionable things. Yeah, and I'm 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 just having a laugh at the treasure. Anyway, that's thing. it for the Golden Grimmies. Yeah. This went twice as long as I thought it would. Ah, it's only four categories. This will be easy. I actually I figure this will go about as long as it as it would because uh I find every year, at least for me, the most fascinating part about Game of the Year stuff is actually what went wrong in the year. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, look forward is, to is, next week's Golden Gizmos, which will be about four hours long. But these also have always been like much longer than the other stuff we've done, so I was absolutely prepared for this to go on quite a while. Uh, uh, okay. Weird. Did not. <laughs> uh, well, also, Golden uh, Golden Gizmos, as I said, that will be a more subjective thing. We are not going to try to whittle it down. Uh, when we're talking about the worst of the worst throughout the year i feel there has to be only one uh but with stuff that we like there can be multiple things because then uh we celebrate uh all the different things that uh make us happy that's that's much better that's, that's right nice also one. we probably don't have a whole lot of overlap on many games so that too like actually if you want to get into the technical side of it it was just that we would there's no tiebreaker and we would just start fighting each other right uh, George is not so. going to play Judgment or Disco Elysium. No, I'm an asshole. I'm playing Arrow the Acrobat and Arrow the Acrobat 2. Exactly. This is how I choose to live my life. Um, well, also stuff like Control, which uh, I could not play, uh, but we'll talk about that next time when we do the little... Yeah, yeah. Until then, good, good night, Randy Pitchford. Goodbye, Randy Pitchford. Hey, check out this magic trick. I'm going to make this podcast disappear. Ah, oh, shit, I squirted instead. Fuck. Shit. <laughs>